Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Hello, my friend. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I am sitting on the bank of the North Platte River in beautiful North Platte, Nebraska, and it is Saturday afternoon, but don't be confused because it's still <laughs> Tuesdays with Tata. Welcome, Tata. Oh, well, thank you. I just feel like I need to. I need to say something. We had um, almost a thousand new people sign up since the book came out a few wow. weeks ago. That's amazing. It is amazing, and we're blessed to have you, friend. And so, if you're new around here, if this is the first time you've heard this strange episode that we call Tuesdays with Tata, I'm here with my father-in-law, Dennis McDonald, who everybody calls Tata, and we'll explain that to you at some point. But we have a, a Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday morning uh, podcast almost every week where Tata shares his wisdom and we have great conversations about deep things and, and dad I'm just I just want to say I'm really grateful that you're doing this over a year now we've been doing this that, that, that that's hard to fathom I, yeah. I can't even imagine that I remember when we started out we were zooming that's right you were in San Antonio two years actually almost a hundred episodes that we've done uh, of Tuesdays with Tata we'll calculate that sometime for you soon but uh, today we're just going to get right after it, and we had an opportunity to record on Saturday. We usually record on Sunday afternoons, but we had a little time uh, to knock this out, so I'm glad to be here with you today. Thank you. My, myself as well. It is, it's good to be with you. It is. It's good to share with you. I, 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 and I, I want to just say one thing to you, and I've said this to you before, but I, your podcasts have been right on. Thank you. I, I, and I... Uh, I was just taken back with uh, the podcast today with uh, Hayden. Hayden Brogat, what yeah. an amazing young man. Yes, I, I, that was uh, overwhelming. I, you, we knew that the, the, the pain and suffering that, the, that the, the caregivers were going through during the quarantine and during the time of people being hospitalized, but we had no real comprehension of that. But to hear it from his mouth, yeah, hear it from his heart. It was stunning. It was stunning. You should go back and listen to that friend, the episode that played on Saturday with Hayden Brogab. It was one of these Everyday Hope episodes that we do. Um, just stories of people who have gone through really hard things and they found a path forward to hope again. And Hayden Brogab's episode was really powerful. So thanks for saying that, Tata. You're welcome. Uh, but today I want to give you just, just some thoughts. Uh, and there, there's just many things that we could discuss about it. But in Genesis 18, yeah, Genesis 18, Abraham's uh, in, in encounter with the three visitors, uh, and th- to set the stage, uh, Abraham was sitting in the doorway to his tent in the heat of the day. So we're assuming that it was probably noon. Yep. 
And he looked up and he had three visitors in front of him. And he, ran, he knew right away who one of them was. One was the Lord and two were angels. Yeah. But one of the things, the first, and this is a, this is a classic example of hospitality. Yeah. The first thing you see is he offered to wash their feet. Yeah. Brought them water and fed them lunch. What an amazing thing. And, 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 and then the, the encounter is, is so amazing to me because he addressed the Lord as Lord. Yeah. And he, he recognized, I, I, I don't know if he recognized who that was, but my, thing, my thinking is that it was Jesus that he saw, that Jesus Christ himself appeared to him. <clears throat> because we'll see later on in the story that, uh, and one of the things that the Lord said to him, that uh, I, will, I will visit you a year from now and your wife will have a child. Yep. And, and so, yeah. and one of, and so something else that the Lord said, he said, I have chosen Abraham. So he was, he, he had a special relationship with God. Yeah. He had a special relationship with the Lord because he had been chosen. And think about his life. It all starts when, when he, he, in a dream he, or a vision, he, 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 he received instructions, get up and leave. Yeah. And that was no small task. No. Because he had a large congregation of people in, in this clan. Yeah. So they had to unpack their tents and gather all the herds and move. And he didn't say, where are we going? He just no. got up and He got and up and left. left. He said, I'll show you. God said, I'll show you where you're going. That's right. Now talk about his faith. And, and, and there's so many examples of that. I know the writer of Hebrews talks about Abraham's faith. Yeah. And it was counted to him as righteousness. The Apostle Paul talks about him as well. Yep. So he is, he is, and he is our father, our earthly father. Yeah. Because all nations came from him. That's right. All people. That's amazing. Came from him. To think about that. But then, and after, and, and I don't know how much time was elapsed during all of this, but then when after they finished eating, the, the three men, the Lord and the two angels, got up and were going toward Sodom. And, and Abraham joined them. And then somewhere in there, Abraham began to understand what was about to happen. And no doubt he was concerned about Lot. Yeah. But we know that the, the angels and, and the Lord were concerned about Lot as well. Because he, Lot had found favor with the Lord. That's right. Because he was living among sinful people and he did not become part of it. That's right. Even though he sat at the gates. He was part of the, the, the quote-unquote government of the city. Yeah. Because he said at the gate. Now, what voice he had, I don't know. Because uh, you'll see later on that he, even some of the people that were uh, trying to take the two angels, uh, the two men that visited uh, Lot by force, they called Lot a sojourner. He was just a visitor. Yeah. But, and, and, they, and they questioned... Who, who he was because they said we'll do the same to you as we're going to do to these guys. Yeah. But anyway somewhere along the way as they were getting close to and maybe they were maybe the the, the road was leading into, into Sodom I don't know but the Lord said should I tell Abraham what I'm about to do? Mm-hmm. Now think about that. How would you how would you like to have that kind of relationship 
with God. Where he wants to clue you in on his That's plans. Right. What's, yeah. what's about to happen. Amazing. But, but think about that. We have that. We're holding it right here. That's right, in the we, Word. The Word itself. And God has spoken. And, and, and God has spoken to us. And so the Lord said, their cries have come up to, God, uh, come up to me. And I'm going down there to see what they're doing. Yeah. Now think about that as well. That the Lord himself was going to go down and see what was going on. Now he did not go into the city because the two angels did. Yeah. They went to Lot's house. And but what the other part of it that what takes place that early on as as they're going towards on Abraham positions himself in front of the Lord and says, "Yeah. If what are you why what are you about to do? Will you destroy everybody in the city? What if there are 50 righteous people there?" And the Lord tells him, that, "Well, if there's 50 Righteous people, I will spare the city. That's right. And then, then Abraham says, well, what if there's 45? <laughs> and the Lord says, well, if there is 45, I will spare the city. And he goes through, he gets down to 10. And I'm, and in my mind, I'm convinced that Abraham is probably thinking about Lot, thinking about Lot's fam- immediate family, his wife, his children. Yeah. And maybe he's thinking about his servants as well. But then, then another event takes place that that, that is so stunning because the two men were in Lot's house and the people, the men of the city surrounded the house and were trying to take these two men by force. Yeah. And they were restrained. In fact, the, all the people that were there were, 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 were blinded. Blinded, yeah. And, and, it, and then, then the story goes on that... They, uh, the, angel, the, two, the two angels told Lot's, and you need to go warn your family. Yeah. What's about? And need, they need to get out of town. Yep. So Lot did. He went to his son-in-laws, and they and they were the future husbands of his daughters. And they thought he was they thought he was crazy, and so they did not go. They did not flee. They did not yeah. leave. Now That's that right. that to me is. I, I, I think I think about that in passing, but if someone told me, get out of town like that, mm-hmm. in that in that scenario, in that in that picture, I think I would get out of town. Especially a, a figure that you know to be trustworthy. That's right. That's right. Your father-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you, you would, you, you, they did not do that. So, but anyway, then the story progresses that. Uh, the, the, the angels told Lot, said, you need to leave. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he lingered. Now, I, now, what did he do all the time that he was lingering? I don't know. Maybe he was still attempting to, to persuade some of his family members to escape with him. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Maybe he convinced, had to convince his wife and had to convince his daughters. Uh, I, I don't know what was happening there. But then anyway, somewhere in the night, the, the angels took him and set him outside of the city. Yeah, just took him. Said you need to leave, and then that's and then even Lot negotiated with them. I don't want to because the angels told me go into the go into the hills, flee. And the only command that they gave, other than that, was don't look back. Don't look back. Because we know what happened. Because. 
that has become a symbol to all of us. Lot's wife looked back. Yeah. And she turned into a pillow of salt. But Lot, then Lot, can, can, he contended with them about, no, I need to go over to this other city. It's a small city. Yeah. It, it, I can get there quicker. Yeah, the disaster will overtake me if you make me go too far. If you didn't have faith. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's only so far you that we want to go sometimes, right? That's right. And sometime, and then maybe we don't go far enough. That's right. Because we we know from we know from what happens in that in, in Genesis 19 that that Lot fell into some some disreport or dis, you know, disputed situation with his own family. Yeah. Uh, but um, and in my mind, he fell into sin, but. And, and you could contend, well, it wasn't his fault, but yes, it was his fault because he was there. Yeah. Adam tried that tact. Yeah. The, the woman you gave me, yeah. he told, told the Lord. One of the things that first thing we notice right away is an example of, of hospitality. But then Abraham recognized who he was talking to. And then he negotiates with, with Jesus. Mm-hmm. He negotiates. And then, but that relationship is way beyond that. I don't know that even Abraham himself understood the total picture because when Jesus said, I wonder if, I wonder if we ought to tell Lot what we're about to do. Hmm. You know, I wonder if I should tell him. And, and it makes you wonder, it, does, he, does he say the same thing about us today? Yeah, should I tell him? <laughs> and, and I think I think it's very clear that he has told us what he's going to do. Yeah, uh, we know that we, we know that the, 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 the end is going to come, and in my mind, it's not very far away. Uh, and that man, and I don't have I don't have a I don't have a crystal ball. And the light went out in my crystal ball, and I, my Ouija board's got a flat tire, so I can't <laughs> I can't give you any 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 prophecies about that, but. The whole picture of Abraham and the relationship that he had with God, and I think that's what's woven through this this whole picture, because one of the things that 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 got me is the angels told Lot, "I we I can't do anything until you're safe, till you're out of here." Because respect for Abraham. That's right, because he was going to take care of Lot, so God spared Lot. And then when Abraham went to look, all he saw was the city's burning. Mm-hmm. He, 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 I don't know that he knew what had happened to, his, to Lot at that time. And Lot was his nephew, so he had a very special relationship with him. He had a very special place in, in Abraham's heart because one of the things when they, when, they came, when they came to a point where their herdsmen were quarreling with each other because they were running out of space. Mm-hmm. They were raising, running out of grazing land. They were running out of water. But Abraham said, you choose. Yeah. You decide which way you will go. Mm-hmm. That to me is, I can't even get a picture of that. And maybe that's what Paul is speaking about when he says, think more highly of others than you think of yourself. Yeah. And I think it speaks to a level of faith too because Abraham wasn't concerned about where he wound up because he knew no. God was with him. That's right. So it didn't matter which one, which direction Lot chose. That's Abraham right. knew God was going to take care That's of him. Right. And we should too. 
And then another, another one, one last point that, that I've thought about and I've thought about many times is when, when Jesus said, I'll be come back this same time next year and Sarah will be with child. Yeah. And Sarah laughed. Yeah. And then and, 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 and he asked her, why did you laugh? She, she said, I, she lied. I laugh. <laughs> she lied. I didn't laugh. And she said, yes, you did. I heard you. So uh, how we can't we can run, but we cannot hide. That's right. So that's and the whole point of all of this is that, that you think about the faith that Abraham had in his own ability. He even he even he even took caveats when he said, "Who am I? But ashes and dust." Yeah. To ask you a question. Yeah. And presume upon you that I could that I had the right to ask it. Yeah. But he did. He asked three times. Yeah. Amazing. I guess the, the points for us like today, we all hear about Abraham being the father of the faithful, but he was just a man just like the rest of us. And the the clues that you laid out here for us of what his what his life was why his life was so special that God would call him the father of the faithful really turns out to be, and a friend of God, he called him, turns out to be that he was always looking for him. That's right. He knew him intimately enough to recognize him when he saw him. That's right. He was comfortable enough to speak up and tell him what he really wanted. But you remember that story in in the New Testament where the the blind man's asking and, and Jesus says right to his face, what do you want me to do for you? Yeah. What do you want me to do for yeah. you? And he says that to us too today. He wants to know what you want. And I think that's what Abraham was close enough to his father that he was willing to say what he wanted. Like, right. please don't tear this city up. Please don't take my nephew. That's right. Please. Well, and he didn't say that in so many words, but he, and, and that's what I'm just beginning to understand. It, it taken me a lifetime to fully comprehend what God thinks about me. As a person, I, 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 there's one part of me that says I, I'm 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 just thankful for his passing glance. Yeah. But then there's another part of me that says thank you. Just say I just say thank you, and I know that sounds so trite, but what else can I do? That's right. Except do what he said. That's right. And and I'm I'm reminded over and over again. When the disciples asked Jesus, what work must we do to be saved? And he said, believe. That's right. Believe. Um, acceptance of that is uh, uh, low with me. Accepting that, that all I have to do is believe. Well, I think it's low with everybody. I mean, especially people raised in our faith tradition where it was you were never comfortable in your salvation because no. there was always some element of your own effort built into the equation. But, but friend, it really is hard for anyone to believe that Jesus loves you, to believe that God wants to save you, believe that he has saved you if you just believe in him. It's yeah. hard. But, and part of it, too, is because you have an enemy who wants you to say, did God Absolutely. really say that? Absolutely. And, and he, and no doubt, he whispers in your ear. And sometimes you may hear it, but you don't recognize it. That's right. Uh, you, and, and so you have to, and I, and I think that, and, and I know that John said that as well, and, but we're to try the spirits. Hmm. What does that look like? 
try the spirits. And, and I, for me, it has to be this simple. God, is that you talking? Yeah. Who's talking? Who's telling me? Who wants to know? Um, but one of the things that, 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 I, that I see in this whole picture is Abraham's relationship that he had with God. I don't, he, Abraham doesn't say, doesn't call God his father, doesn't call him my friend. Yeah. But he had a relationship with God. But, and, and it all started, Jesus even said it, I have chosen him. That's right. Chosen him. I picked him out. He's mine. That's right. So, and that's where we are. We've been picked out. That's right. And we are his. That's a good identity to absorb, friend, if you're listening. Like God picked you out. He chose you. He died for you. That's right. That's what else powerful. can he do? What else can he do? We, we ask ourselves, what else can I do? But what, what can he do? What else can he do? Yeah. He's done everything. That's right. He's yeah. already done everything. So, yeah, Susie Larson in her last book said she, that we all, we all ask God for stuff, for, to do things for us, to give us things, to help us out of certain situations. She said, really, we shouldn't want something from his hand more than we want to know his heart. That's right. That's right. You need, we need to know who he is. That's, and, and, and you mentioned earlier the, the, the tradition that we grew up in is that I found myself once in my, several times in my life, I knew a lot of things about God, mm-hmm. but I didn't know who he was. That's right. I did not have a, I did not know him as a friend. That's right. I did not know Jesus Christ as a friend. We sure didn't think of him as gentle and lowly. No, did we? we did not. And yet that's how he identified himself when they asked him who he was. That's right. I am gentle and lowly. That's right. But one of the things that, now, one of the things that I do know, and I know it and absolutely, and I, and I join with Job when he said, I know my Redeemer lives. Amen. I know. I, I, do I have tangible proof of that? Do I have a picture of that I can show you? No. But I know. And the only thing that I know about that is that's a gift from God himself to know that. Hmm. That he has, he owns us. We're his. Jesus said that. That's right. And I think since Abraham knew him so well, he would resonate with Dane Ortland's words here at the end of that book, Gentle and Lowly. Dane Ortland's talking about this exact thing that somebody's listening out there that's been through a lot and isn't sure how God sees them. Dane says, channeling Abraham here, go to him. Open yourself up to him. Let him love you. The Christian life boils down to two steps. Number one, go to Jesus. Yeah. Number two, see number one. Yeah, that's right. Whatever is crumbling around you, friend, in your life, wherever you feel stuck, this remains undeflectable. His heart is for you, yeah. the real you, and it's gentle and lowly, so that's go right. to him. That's right. Well, and, and the point is, uh, uh, and, and it's, a, it's just another way of looking at it. And we talked about, you talked about that before, that, the thing that happens is not a thing that happens to us. It's an a thing that That's happened. Right. A thing that happened. It That's happened. Right. 
That's right. It's not something that happened to us. And so, but what's our tendency? What is what is our default mechanism say? When we fall on hard times, we blame somebody. That's right. We it's in us. Our, that's our nature. Yeah. To blame somebody. Yeah. So why do we do that? We have to ask ourselves that. That's right. So we have to, because someone said a long time ago that we have to be kind to ourselves. Yeah. And, and, the, and the second commandment, to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, as yourself. We leave that part out a lot, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah. We, we do. And, and we tell ourselves, we tell ourselves, well, I love my neighbor. I don't have anything against him this week. Maybe I don't have anything against him lately. But That's what right. do we have? What do we have that God wants? God wants us, and He wants us home. We That's belong right. to Him. That's right. So we don't have a choice. That's right. But at the same time, we should do. We should have. We should have joy that we're doing that. That's right. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's right. And so that's, but that's the whole whole thing. And, and I I know we could spend we could spend hours talking about this and spend hours t- thinking about all of this, all of the encounters that that Abraham had with God. And and you said you said earlier that that, that it, it, yes, Abraham was a man just like us. Well, yeah, and he sinned just like us. He lied. He told Pharaoh that Sarah was his sister. Well, that in, in, in part, maybe that's a white lie, maybe that's a half lie, because she was his sister, all right, by a different father. That's right. But at the same time, he did it for his own self-preservation. Of course he did. It was a half-truth for his own benefit. That's right. That's right. And, that, and God doesn't intend for us to do that. That's right. So if our, if our lesson to learn from Abraham here is to know God intimately enough to recognize him, to be willing to speak to him and tell him what we really need and, and to understand that he's chosen us, he loves us, he's for us, he's gentle and lowly towards us. Like That's something we need to, we need to incorporate that and really let it sink into our lives because that'll be absolutely good prehab for us before we hit these massive things that's in our right. lives, won't it? And, and, and we know, and I'm holding, I'm holding uh, the Bible right here, and this is God's word. And God is speaking to us. But one, two things that I ask him for is, speak to me, help me understand. That's right. I want to own it. That's right. I want, I want it to be part of me. That's right. And, 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 and I just, I, I have said this before, but I have to say it again. I, I have clay feet, like everyone. Everyone. And I, 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 I'm subject to the same Temptations that all men are. That's right. But I, like, I too, like Job, have made a covenant with my eyes. That's right. Well, this has been a profitable conversation, Tata, and we can learn so much. You're right. We can take Genesis 18 and camp out there for months. But the, the bottom line is, is learn to know God well enough to recognize Him, be willing to speak to Him, understand that you're chosen, that He loves you, that He's for you, and that He wants you to start when, Tata? Start today. He wants you to start today. 
Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.